Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Goals, go. Whoa. Okay. Goal, I'm no- goal number one. <laughs> I actually preached on goals on uh, really? New Year's. New Year's Day, I was preaching at Laurelwood. Oh. And, it was, you know, this year, New Year's Day happened to be on a Sunday. 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 And so I thought, what better topic um, to preach on than goals? Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, I kind of started off with talking about New Year's resolutions because we talk about resolutions a lot, and a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. So I looked it up and I found some really interesting statistics. And uh, one of the one of the things I found, I guess, the University of Scranton published a um, uh, published a study in the journal in Clinical Psychology. They they followed, I think it was like a thousand people over the course of a year. Um, who made New Year's resolutions and just, you know, average American adults. And uh, they, they found... the results weren't stellar. Yeah. So they found <laughs> New Year's resolutions uh, in their study. Um, they found that 25% of the participants uh, had abandoned their New Year's resolution after seven days, one wow. week. So that, mean, that means one out of every four person... Go humans. Go humans. Uh, then they found that after one month, 30 days, um, it, the number was, um, I think it's 43%. Um, so we're almost half. So now we're almost, you know, now we're almost two out of four or five out of 10 or whatever you want to call it. Uh, 20 <laughs> out of 40, 40 out of 80. 15 out of 30. Yeah. <laughs> Then after and a half after of- six months after six months of following, they found that ninety two percent of the participants had stopped following their resolution. Only eight percent were still doing the resolution after half a year. So that means by the end of June, only only you know eight out of a hundred people uh, will be following their New Year's resolutions. That's wonderful. Um, go well, us. Go humans. So, I, so what I talked about when I was preaching, I'm like, don't you know? Don't just, don't just make a resolution, right? Because anyone can say, like, I want to lose weight. You know, a lot of people say that. In fact, I listed off the top ten resolutions um, for uh, the last several years, and you know, a lot of those resolutions, you know, lose weight, stop smoking, get organized, eat healthy, spend more time with family, uh, you know, use money better or save money or mm-hmm. something, you know, money. So those are some of the the most common New Year's resolutions year after year. But that's the problem. They're just resolutions. They're just, mm-hmm. I want to lose weight. So don't make a goal, make a plan. Make a plan. Yeah. And so Getting I talked- Tony Robbins in here. Hello. So yeah, as I talked about, you know, um, with a goal, you know, you write it down, you make it clear, you make it measurable, you know, something specific, something that attainable. You write it down, then you share it with people. You make it accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that was, just, that was just one part of it. And then now I started talking about worship. 
and some of the goals that we have at Laurelwood with worship. Mm-hmm. I was actually sharing our worship vision um, right. and the goals that we have this year. You for, have one of those? We do. That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we could probably actually do a whole podcast on on worship vision, which we've done before. Have we? Um, I way back. Um, it back was before before we I had really developed a, a clear worship vision at Laurelwood. Now we have a pretty clear worship vision, Good. and um, but we'll say that for another podcast, another day, another episode. Yeah, because um, today we want to talk about goals, goals. But before we do that, boy, we just really jumped right into I, it, we did, didn't which we? is very abnormal for us. <laughs> <laughs> we don't ever jump into anything. <laughs> you know, we haven't talked about something very important that almost happened. What? Chip Kelly. Oh. Were you terrified? No, because I don't know what happened. I don't. Oh, you didn't know? No, I, I don't. I don't okay, have so ESPN or follow it. I just, I just watch the games. Sunday, it came out all over ESPN and the news and stuff that Chip Chip Kelly was taking the job at Tampa Bay. No, was he wasn't. Coach. Yeah, but it, it was, it was false. No, he was, he was he considering. Had, he had been interviewed. He got offered the job. And then I and I was listening to Mark and Dave on on Monday, and then they said they think Uncle Phil called Uncle and, Phil and offered more money. No, <laughs> that's what they said. But uh, Uncle Phil called and he changed his mind on Monday. Said he had some unfinished business to do. Wow, Oregon. So. He's only been there for three years, I dude. I mean. The the guy has the potential. If he stays at Oregon, he has the potential to become a legend. I mean, in the three I after this, I wouldn't count on that. Man, I'm guessing national championship, and he's gone, and he's going to the NFL. That's too bad. Guess. Yeah, because he's kind of like he's kind of redeveloped the entire Oregon offense, and I mean, you know, he's kind of an innovator, pioneer type person when it comes to coaching style and what he does, and you know, the fast pace, hurry up, whatever. But I'll tell you what, um, I mean, as far as like, as far as records go, uh, you know, coaching records, I mean, he's got one of the highest win, granted it's only been three years, but he's got one of the highest mm-hmm. win percentages out there. And that's what I'm saying. If he's there for 10, 15, 20 years, I mean, he could be legendary. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. hope for that. Same thing, I'm not hoping for that with Urban Meyer. I'm not expecting him to be around for that long. Well, I he just, did some amazing things at Florida, you know? Yeah, but he was only there five or six years. But in the five or six years, they had like three <laughs> national championships. Uh, I think it was two. Was but, it? Yeah. Well, they got there three times or something. I don't know. It was Tebow. Tebow! Tebow time. Who lost... Oh, what a bummer. Losing that Which, game Oh yeah. to the Patriots. I do not like the Patriots. I'm just. I, I mean, don't like the Patriots. Either. I'm sorry. I if think you, they're going to win. For, well, yeah. For anyone out there who's a New England fan, it's nothing personal. I just there's something about the Patriots. I just I don't like. I don't know. I just feel like you know Brady's got that kind of smug attitude. Mm-hmm. And so is Bill Belichick. And yeah, Belichick's the reason I don't like him. Um, I'm all about coaches. If you remember, you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you and are. So you're, if, you're big if, on coaches. If the coach like, and I kind of it seems like Coughlin of the Giants is actually seems like a fairly normal human being yeah except his skin is like leather yeah i mean he's got the weirdest <laughs> he's got the weirdest looking face and he's old he's probably about to keel over out there but i'm excited though because three years ago i think wasn't it three years ago where the giants and the wait. patriots um so uh, four years ago okay but i remember i mean everyone thought the patriots were gonna win mm-hmm. i mean it was just it was a done deal and the giants came in and totally upset them i'd love to see that happen again 17 to 14 wasn't a very exciting game, but... But it was an upset. But And I remember that game. 
it wasn't Eli Manning who won that game. It was the receiver who caught the the ball on top of his helmet to oh, keep the very last drive alive. Boy, I I vague, I just remember them winning and just being so yeah. happy. Yeah, he, he cut it on his helmet, like behind his head. Yeah, it, it, it was like, it was like a one crazy like catch that. Yeah, yeah, that he became a legend for. Obviously, unbelievable. But, yeah, yeah the, there was a. You know, I really. I'm not to take away New York to win, but I really wanted San Francisco to to win. I. Uh, yeah, I didn't because I'm a Bengals fan, and, and San Francisco <laughs> beat the Bengals twice in the Super Bowl. Okay, <laughs> man, you're holding on some grudges I there, do, man. It's I was I don't remember how old I was. It was like '88, so I was nine. Mm-hmm. The and Bengals had a shot of making the playoffs this year. They did make the playoffs this year. They did. They were in the wild card. That's right. Yep. It, it was and the we, Texans, right? We lost to Houston. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Sorry, they they made it to the playoffs and they mm-hmm. lost to Houston. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, no offense to your Bengals, but I actually really wanted Houston to win because they'd never won a playoff game in franchise history. I just thought it was exciting for them. Yeah, I didn't want Houston to win. I know. <laughs> I don't care about their franchise history. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was. But, a, I thought it was a good boost for yeah, their we, franchise. We stayed home. My brother and I stayed home from Sunday night church. This is 88? And 88 to watch the Super Bowl when the Bengals played the 49ers. And they lost. And that was like a very rare occurrence. We never got to stay home from church on Whoa. Sunday night. Like, you know, we were pretty, this was Southern Ohio, Bible Belt, church you is go to more church. important than everything. When, when the doors are open, yeah. you go, right? And so it was a big deal for, for my dad to let us stay home wow. and watch it. And then they lost. Ouch. And I remember my parents came home and they brought company home from church to have dinner after church and you know mom asked do you want a hamburger mom was making hamburgers and i didn't want i didn't even eat oh i was so you were upset. so upset you were crying yeah, i was crying i was nine were you really mm-hmm. <laughs> over a football game david yep, yep. you love your football and we lost and then it was all downhill from there wow well so i don't i don't have a fond spot in my okay heart for the joe montana jerry, jerry rice, rice or the 49ers steve young yeah well, I'm sorry for your negative memories, but Thank I really you. wanted the 49ers to win. Um, I thought that was I it. also don't like the Harbaugh's. <laughs> they kind of drive me nuts. Jim and John, you don't yeah. like those guys? Like he, After he lost that game, it's was like, come on, give a serious handshake. It was just a like real quick snap. Didn't even like bother to shake. <laughs> hands with uh, you get really hung up on like coach yeah, you stuff. gotta be a good example i yeah. mean it's not not just to your team but nfl uh, the whole nfl coaches and players are role models for the entire country and even beyond our country there here we go and so if you're going to be a poor sport you better do it when the camera's not on you <laughs> <laughs> and that's twice this year that he's been a bad sport mm. at the end of the game at the handshake and so, yeah. Well, so okay, there it is. Not a fan of the hard. Got it, got it. Not a fan. But anyway, go red and blue. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. I. I certainly would want the Giants to win before the Patriots, but I, you know, I think the Patriots are pretty heavily favored. Um. But yeah. they were four years ago, and look what yeah, happened. They were Tom Brady. I mean, you know, he's been to the Super Bowl. This is his fifth or sixth time. Yeah. And there uh, should be a limit. I mean, once you get to five. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> but it's the thing time. is, he's only won, is it twice or I have no idea. Three times, but... I really don't like him, so I don't oh. <laughs> listen to <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Hey, on a totally different subject, but real quick, before we get to goals, um, goals which is what we started talking about, <laughs> which never happens, um, 
people are like, I'm so confused. What what is going on? So it was a teaser. We teased everyone with the goals. Yeah. And now you have to listen to, to yeah. all the football talk yep. and music talk. Have you? Um, I know it's been several months now. Uh, since Coldplay's album came out, have you heard it? Have you listened to I it? I haven't. Man, I was alive. Just about that the other day, I need to listen to it. Yeah, you got to get that thing. Milo Xyloto, unreal. I was, um, you know, I I heard there when the single came out, the Every Teardrop a Waterfall. I'm like, this is kind of weird. It's got this like Euro dance beat thing, mm-hmm. you know, like like kind of a Euro house flavor to it. Um, you know, um, almost has like the exact same tempo as the um, um, the uh, um, <laughs> what's the tie? What's the what was the big hit from their last one? The um, Viva La Vida. Um, yeah, was that was actually called? I think so, wasn't it? Well, I know that wasn't what the album was called. Vida, I thought Vida. I, I thought the Living La Vida Loca. No, gosh, it wasn't a song called Another Thing. The um, um. Ah, oh, whatever. Moving on, but I I've listened to the CD several times. I they were actually um they were actually performing New Year's Eve on Austin City Limits. So I taped it, watched it, and every time I listen to it, it just like grows on me more. Um, I, I think it's got some of the most innovative music that I've heard in a long time, and um, it's gotten some mixed reviews. But I don't know. As far as I'm concerned. Coldplay is just pioneers in in the music world. I mean, they, they to me at least they they have just taken they have just taken certain things and genres and just redefined it. And I I remember the first time I heard the song Yellow, you know, ten years ago or whatever it was. I remember listening to that song and being like, "Wow, this song is unique. Like like it has something to it." And that's the exact same way I feel. When I listen to uh, several tracks in particular, there's this one song, the third or fourth track, it's called Charlie Brown, and um, and uh, it it it's got this like they do the uh, they do this thing in six four. It's like a six four song. I mean, who who writes songs in six four? Um, well, it's not all six four. It's like six four, and then it moves back to four four. But it's just really creative, you know. It's just really creative. Um, anyway, yeah, I've I've been really impressed with it. If you haven't heard it, you I need to. I'm trying to pull it up here. This one you were talking about? Yeah, is that the... That's Viva La Vida. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking the other one was Violet Hill. That was her other... Yeah, that was her other single, Violet Hill. Uh, yeah, Paradise. But, um, Paradise, Every Teardrop of Waterfall, Charlie Brown. Um, the only one that's on uh, Spotify is Every Teardrop is a Waterfall. What's the album called? Milo Xyloto. I've heard this one. Yeah. How do you spell um, Milo Xyloto? Uh, M-Y-L-O X-Y-L-O-T-O X-Y-L-O-T-O And what was the song? Charlie Brown. Nada. Oh man, I should grab I should grab the CD from my car. Major minus. It's just it's just really innovative. I mean, seriously, just what what they do, and you know, I, I've a uh, you know I, I've long thought that you know Chris Martin he's a you know he he's a 
um, pretty creative guy. But some of the stuff he does on this album on the piano, like um, there's a song Paradise, and and he just like he just does some just amazing beautiful ballads while singing over it. And I figured for sure that you know that it was one of those things in the studio that you know you just do it separately. And then I watched him do it live on Austin City Limits. And I'm like, how can you play that and sing? Because, you know, as a piano, you know what it's like, David. As a mm-hmm. piano player, when you're playing, when you're playing a very like offbeat pattern, this very complicated kind of almost, you know, um, you know, ballad type of thing, and then you're like singing a completely different rhythm over oh, it. Yeah. It's difficult to mm-hmm. do. And I'm watching him do it live, and he's like actually playing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean that's impressive. I, I mean. When you're playing it that much, you'd have to get to the point where it would just, just become, second nature, yeah. Right, but still, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, so I I just have a lot of respect for them and the music. And anyway, I'm a big fan of the CD. I, you know, I've only listened to it probably four or five times, but every time I do, it grows on me. Uh, you know, some of those songs, like the the six four song, uh, Charlie Brown, just just killer, man. Just, I'll have to go listen to it somewhere. Yeah, but that reminds me, I'm. Uh, I'm going to take an old piano and gut it. Yeah, you're telling me about that. And put a keyboard in it and put it on <laughs> wheels and use that as my keyboard stand. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so make use of an old piano that we just want to get rid of. But anyway, that's a goal of mine. There you go. Get goals. That done this year. So, yeah, goals. I was uh, I was at a conference last week, and this is kind of what, in, you know, uh, in addition to, to preaching on New Year's Day, um, just been thinking a lot about goals and it, it was this conference in uh, Jefferson, Oregon and uh, Jefferson Baptist Church. You got to understand Jefferson is a small city, you know, um, and the church, Jefferson Baptist Church has more people that attend the church than the actual entire population of the city. Really? Um, yeah, by several hundred. I think the, I think the city has like 1,200 people oh. and, and, and they got about 1,500 that go to their church. Um, fifteen hundred. Yeah, in a, in a city of twelve hundred. How do they do that? Um, a lot of people from neighboring cities. Was it like close to Portland or something? No, no, no. It, um, it, it's, let's see, Jefferson is probably about probably about ten miles south of Salem, and uh, it's so it's close to Salem though. People from Salem can drive. They there. can drive there, okay. sure, exactly. They All can right. drive there. I mean, if you're on the south end of Salem, yeah. I mean, basically, like if you know where Enchanted Forest is, mm-hmm. you know when you're driving I five um, yeah. south, it's probably about like like several miles south of that. So Turner, Turner, Oregon, and then Jefferson, Oregon. Okay. But anyway, this guy, Deed, the pastor, he's been you know the pastor there for twenty or thirty years, and. He's just he's just a man of prayer. He's a man of, you know, he believes very firmly in setting goals and writing goals and and managing his time and just really inspired me and encouraged me. You know, even even challenged and convicted me a little bit mm-hmm. as far as what I'm doing with my time, how I'm setting goals, you know, what am I doing this year? And uh anyway, it just reminded me of the importance of actually doing something um meaningful as far as like having a purpose or a goal. Yeah, it's, it's, we're talking about that around here right now because one of the things that seems to happen in ministry is that, that we talk about all the dreams and things we want to do and we keep talking about them and talking about them and talking yeah. about them for years and years and years. Then we never make a plan. To make a plan, done. right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I would really love to do blah, blah, blah. I want to start a recording studio at the church. Mm-hmm. When I have this dream and I talk about it over and over and over again 
but I don't ever come up with a plan. I don't ever set any goals, you know, or, you know, any steps to get from, you know, from point A to point Z. Yeah. It's not a one, two, three kind of a thing. I mean, it's going to be a lot of steps to get there. So I need to, you have to start chipping away at it. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the, I have no idea who, it's a songwriting thing, but they're talking about, and it might've been from the War of Art. It's an idea that's out there a lot. But the the idea is, if you want to be good at something, if you want to be successful at something, you need to work at it a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have a goal, and it's you know it's a big goal, start chipping away. If you don't ever, if you don't ever, you know, just take a step towards it, you'll never get there. Yeah, and that's what that's what I do a lot. Uh, you know, confession time. Here we go. Like, yeah. I, will, I have all kinds of dreams, <laughs> all kinds of things I want to do. It's not easy. It's not hard to dream. But the motivation to actually get the ball rolling. No, yeah. totally. And, you know, D, D Duke talked about it at the conference. You know, it was a three-day conference. And, I mean, really cool. If you, um, uh, you know, if you are in the Portland-Salem area, they do it every single year on the week of Martin Luther King hmm. um, Jr. holiday. So the third Monday. Oh, it's a prayer conference, though, right? Yeah, not necessarily a goal. No, no. I mean, it, it it's it's a Christian-based you know thing. Uh, so it's not all about goals. But he spends probably probably a good day just talking about goals and time management because hmm. that's a big part of what he does. Like. And his goals are related to prayer. So he has a goal for his church to pray, you know, 300 corporate hours every year. Wow. Um, you know, he has a goal of himself to pray 500 individual. I mean, the guy, he just, he, he tracks everything, you know, mm. and he, and he says the phrase, you know, anything that's worth, um, anything that's worth something is, oh, how do you say anything that's worth something, uh, should be counted. You talked about the illustration of money. You know, um, you you count your money. You make sure you have money in your bank account. You make sure you have money in your checking account. Um, if you're a church and you take your tithes and offerings, you know you don't just you know throw it in the bank. You count it. You make sure you know yeah you yeah you've taken good care to count it. So it's the same with anything. You know you should be counting you know counting time time management. He talks about he uses these apps on his phone. He's got an iPhone. He's like, he's like, there's just he's like, there's dozens of apps for time management. Just go in the business section. He's like, get an app, you know, track track the time you're doing. And so, yeah, it's a prayer conference, but um, great great stuff on prayer and goals and time management. If you're in the Salem Portland area, uh, third third Monday of January, because um, that's Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. It's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Go to it. You'll be blessed. I was blessed. <clears throat> and uh point I was making though, um, was that he uh yeah, he he just he talked really um very pointedly about how it's very easy in ministry to just kind of coast, you know, to phone it in, to kind of go through the routine every day. And it's easy to do that. And I think, you know, I, I think um, you know, those people listening, you know, can identify. I mean, I, I certainly identified like, you're like, okay, you know, what songs are we going to do? All right, let's just, you know, do these ones. And, and, and for him to say, no, like, like what, what's my goal? What's, what's my big goal here? What's my purpose? You know, how, how am I going to be invested and involved in this? And so for me, just realizing, you know, I need to set goals. What what do I want to do with my worship team? Do I, what do I see for the future? Do I want to, um, do I want to start, um, you know, developing new leaders. 
Uh, do I want to start recruiting more people? Do I want to start doing new songs? You know, making goals of doing these things. Well, and I, uh, Andy Stanley, I think, is a guy who says something along the lines of um, the most important things aren't the urgent things. Like what's urgent is, you know, things that come up today, like fires you have to put out and deal with today. And so you end up spending your time with the real urgent, you know, today things. But the most important things are the big picture, long-term things, Mm -hmm. the things that are going to actually take the church to the next level. And we always, those are the things we always push to the side because we have to deal with the now. Right. And so we have to make time, not just to dream, but to actually start putting a plan into place to accomplish some of those things. Yeah. And, and that's what D talked about, you know, um, write, make a goal, write it down, share it. And then, you know, and then follow it, mm-hmm. make a plan for it. Um, you know, you, you, you know, I was saying earlier in the podcast, you know, it's one thing to say, I want to lose weight. It's another thing to say by April, 2012, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And in order to do that, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the goal. And if I don't go, then you know, give yourself some consequences even. You know? Sure. If I don't go, then I can't have. I can't have pizza yeah, or whatever. For a week or something. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, g- g- give, yeah, you got to have some weight to yeah, it. Yeah. So anyway, just some stuff I, I got really challenged with and, and really good stuff. And I'm thinking about, you know, we do goals at, at our church. Um, You know, Mike, our senior pastor, uh, he's always been big on goals. And so, you know, he has us every quarter, you know, we write out goals and we share them in our staff meeting. And, and then we do a review of our goals at the end of the quarter. You know, how did you do? Uh, you know, did you come close? How close are you? You know, and some of the goals, they're, you know, I keep putting the goals on there every quarter because, I, you yeah. know, I haven't quite gotten mm-hmm. there. And that's okay. But, but um, you know, I'm being aware of it. And I'm being conscious of it, conscientious of it. Yeah. So, like, one of my goals is is to get a choir going for the contemporary service that does some, it's just a worship leading choir, not, yeah, a, cool. not a performing choir. And so, um, I'd been talking about it since I started in August, but hadn't done anything. So, this weekend, this coming weekend, I have on the schedule all of our current vocalists who are singing in the contemporary services. And so, I said, you know, I want to start a choir. We're going to start with the people we have, get yep. you out in front of the congregation, and then we can say, hey, would you like to be a part of this team, this worship team, this worship choir, and start getting the eye, you know, see if there's anyone out there who wants to join that thing. But if I, you know, and I decided that, let's see, I did that back in October, November-ish when I was doing the, the quarterly schedule. Yeah. Because I scheduled through January. And... um and I, but when I did it, I was just, I was sitting there, you know, if I don't, if I don't do something now, if I don't take a step and just get the ball rolling, I'll be here next October. Saying the wishing, same thing. Yeah. You know, wishing we had a worship choir. <laughs> I should do I something about, about that. Yeah. So, um, but there's the chipping away at goals and, you know, that whole philosophy, but, there's a, another whole side of things where like like a big uh Bill Hybels calls them B-hags. B-hags, big hairy audacious goal. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and our senior pastor talked about this this past weekend in a sermon. Um and his sermon was was around was Ephesians 3:20 or something where, you know, 
God is able to do immeasurably abundantly more than you can ask or imagine. Yeah. He was talking about our prayer life, and, and he said, when was the last time you prayed and asked God to do something that was bigger than you could ask or imagine? And he was talking about um, a pastor that he was friends with down in Arizona before he came up here. And he said, if, if you can accomplish your goal with the money that you have, then you're not dreaming big enough. Hmm. And so he had this goal and he wanted to, he wanted to buy a hospital. <laughs> Just buy a hospital. Old, like an old hospital that had been abandoned, turn it into okay. you know, a hospital, a place to stay for homeless people and wow. stuff like that. And he wanted to call it the dream center. I have a dream. Have you heard of the dream center? No. It's a real thing now. Oh, wow. Like down in Los Angeles. Wow. And, uh, and his son is running the whole thing. Like it's, it's, pretty big deal down there i guess so, wow and it's a church and things too but but he, you know he he didn't have the funding or the money to do something like that millions and millions of dollars is what that's going to cost but you know he felt like that was something god put on his heart it was you know it was immeasurably more mm-hmm. than he could hope or imagine yeah and god did it man and that's and i think that's you know that's wise for us as worship leaders and worship worship pastors like let's not just dream our own dreams Hmm. Let's let's pray. Let's spend some time in prayer and communicate and connect with God and 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 figure out what is the bigger thing that God wants us to do. The thing that's bigger than any of us and that would require Him to move to get it done. And with that, require you to actually have a little faith and trust yeah, in Him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the big thing I'm guilty of. Um, you know, I it's easy for me to to be in control and do things on my own and. Um, not really rely on God, you know, as far as like, oh, well, you know, I can do this. I, I got this. You know, I, I got this one. Um, mm-hmm. But boy, when you're doing something like that and you're like, whew, I, <laughs> this is all this is all you, God, because yeah. I, I can't do it. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. And it's yeah. something that I need to do more of. Something, you know, something else I, I, I learned, you know, I went to, um, I went to another, uh, after I got done with the prayer conference, I went to another workshop and just, just learning about you know letting go of control and and uh, being okay if it's not perfect and mm-hmm. you know just things like that. Just being able to say, man, God, you know, I I don't I don't have to be the one doing this and and it's good. I, I think for for me personally, it's scary and hard, but it's good to let God be mm-hmm. in control and not always be in control. Good. That's a good little talk on goals and planning and yeah. vision and dreaming and. Man, we we hit a lot of stuff. Yeah. Hags and and football and yeah. Milo Xyloto. <laughs> so, uh, episode 105, Worship Mystery Catalyst podcast. You can find us online, www.worshipmysterycatalyst.com. Send an email to david at worshipmysterycatalyst.com or kevin at worshipmysterycatalyst.com. Find us on twitter.com slash wmcatalyst or facebook.com slash worshipmysterycatalyst. Thanks so much for listening. Oh, voicemail. Voicemail. Give us a call. 360. Yeah, that's about as much as I know. (laughs) 818-4339. Yes. 360-818-4339. There you go. Got it. So give us a call, and uh, you might play your voicemail on the podcast. Thanks for listening. Episode 105 in the can. Bye-bye.